Hey there. Do you love Kindling Conversation? Make your voice heard and vote for it at the Australian Podcast Awards. Head to kindling.com.au slash vote. But do it soon, because voting closes April 1st. Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you, and on with the show. This Easter, are you hitting the road for a camping trip? You may be a camper from way back, but chances are if you have small kids, you're still getting the hang of how it all works with children who don't sleep through the night, who throw food all around, who probably eat differently to you. Jennifer Enyan is a writer with Caravan and Camping with Kids. She's currently on the lap. I didn't know what that was before I started looking into Jennifer, but apparently the lap is traveling around Australia. She's in a 1982 caravan, which she'll tell us all about, with her toddler and partner. And she's on the phone now from Kangaroo Island in South Australia, having started on the north coast of New South Wales. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good, Siobhan. How are you? Good. Now, when I said 1982 caravan, I had a flashback to my childhood because my (laughs) folks took us around Europe in a caravan. Can you tell us, because sometimes it's confusing, what's the difference between a caravan and a camper van? Yes. So a camper van is actually all encompassing. So that's the vehicle that you're driving as well. So a caravan is what you're towing and you can leave that set up at a campsite and then take off in the four-wheel drive and and do day trips. So you're not as um, restricted, I guess, when you're parking in towns and things like that. Okay, so it goes to show how much I knew because actually we were in a camper van. (laughs) So this is why we're speaking with you because I have no idea about these things. Have (laughs) Have you always loved camping? I have. I actually grew up caravanning with my three sisters and parents and uh, we were all, you know, in in little caravans going up to the coast of Queensland and and it was wonderful and I think that really instilled a love of of camping in general and then obviously when you're in your teens we we went camping as well, mostly coastal camping Um, and then about a year ago we actually, my husband and I bought this uh, 1982 caravan, it's only 12 feet long, and we decided that we wanted to renovate it. And I've always had dreams of having, you know, those beautiful old-fashioned vans. I just love the shape of them, but I don't really like the colours, you know. It was brown all inside and had flashes of yellow and green, so I've completely renovated it. It's nice and white and blue now, so, uh, yeah, but I've always loved it. I think being uh, outdoors is the main appeal, and being able to just sort of set up anywhere and go to a national park and basically, you know, stay in a national park for a week or two and feel like that's your home. So it's really lovely. I I am slightly intrigued about how one renovates a caravan, but I think we might have to save that for another interview. So um, your son's two and a half now, is that right? Yes. So how old was he when you, I mean, you only just bought the caravan really and if you factor in the time to renovate, have you, have you done any trips with him before this big one? Definitely. So my first camping trip with my son, he's Theodore, uh, that was when he was six months old. 
and that was up at the Stockton uh, Sand Dunes up near Newcastle. And we were camping, and I was still breastfeeding at that point. And it was, I was a little bit nervous because I thought, well, before we're driving into these, you know, into these dunes, we're setting up a campsite. He's still being breastfed. How is this going to go? We've got nappies, and we were doing cloth nappies as well. So that was sort of another juggle. And, uh, but it was fabulous, and he slept really well. It was New Year's Eve, so I think the noise actually helped him sleep, um, <laughs> which is good. But we're, we've camped with him right from the start, really. Um, and, you know, we've done plenty of trips in this caravan, just mostly weekenders uh, or up to, you know, Port Macquarie or something like that from Sydney area. And, uh, and he loves it. He, he really does. And, you know, he kind of calls it his caravan now, which is really sweet. And whenever we're on the road, he asks, is the caravan behind us? <laughs> yes, darling, we haven't left it. Oh, that's so <laughs> it's cute. really, really beautiful. He loves it. And I suppose the other appeal of camping or having your own caravan is that getting away is more affordable. Would that be true? Definitely, definitely. So, you know, you're not spending two to $300 a night on on a hotel room, you're actually spending, you know, you can spend $35 for a campsite. Um, and some of them are free. We do a fair bit of free camping as well. But I think it, it does make it more affordable. And what my husband and I like to do is we'll then save that money to uh, spend at a nice cafe or go on a, a day trip somewhere, go on a tour. So you're sort of kind of cutting corners by having a, a cheaper actual accommodation and then making up for it with um, other day trips and things like that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Jennifer Enyon. She's a travel and lifestyle writer for Caravan and Camping with Kids. She's on the lap, travelling around Australia in a 1982 renovated caravan with her toddler and partner. And we're chatting with Jennifer because lots of people like to camp over the Easter break. So we thought we'd check in with her, see how she's going, but also get some tips because she's a very seasoned camper. Can I just ask before we get down to, to the details, I mean, what have you learnt about camping with a toddler? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I think the main thing is you need to be patient. You know, that's, it sounds obvious, but you really do when you're camping. There's so much of, that goes into the actual setup of a campsite. And, and ours is pretty quick because we do have a caravan, but our son needs to be entertained. He's a wild two-and-a-half-year-old boy. And so the way I do it is my husband and I obviously tag team a lot and we'll give him jobs to do that help us set up. So when we're pushing up the pop top of our caravan, we sort of tell him to use his muscles and hold onto our legs and help us do that. And, you know, we'll get him to roll out the mat for us and we, we give him little jobs or he likes sort of setting up the legs of the caravan with my husband and keeping him entertained as well and giving him jobs really helps with the overall setup um, and then you can have obviously things like play-doh and coloring in books and setting him up so he's entertained so then we can get our jobs done and what are I mean I think you've probably just mentioned two of them play-doh and coloring in but what are other essential items you'd say that families should take with them when they have small children Yes, I think um, definitely the Play-Doh has been a, a big one for us <laughs> and I'm about to uh, make some more. I've sort of run out and the colouring in. We've also got a little pack of paints, which is really handy and you can get things like just pick up some, some stones and he can paint some stones and that'll keep him entertained for half an hour. Um, I think also 
it's you know one of those necessary evils but having a tablet we don't like to use it too much but putting some educational apps on a tablet is really handy as well especially for long driving days um, but just making sure that you've got things that that they're interested in as well as um, you know things that you want to do as well and you can kind of do them together and you know we're trying to encourage he's at the age that you know, we really want to encourage independent play as well. So giving him little jobs to do around the campsite, whether it's collecting gum nuts, which we did yesterday, and, you know, things like that. So he's still learning about nature. Um, but packing, in regards to packing things, uh, what else would there be aside from toys? I think one of my biggest things would be sun, sun cream, obviously, uh, and then insect repellent as well. So if you're sort of going down the, the must must pack items and those two are big ones as well. <laughs> and you you mentioned that for longer trips um, it's helpful to have a tablet which I personally think as parents we're all blessed to have that option. I don't know what our parents did beforehand. Um, <laughs> have you got any other things that you any other tips about long trips? Do I mean do you tend to stop? Do you have breaks? Do you plan your breaks? That kind of thing um, just to so that you can make it through a long trip? Yes, definitely. So I think what I've learned, you know, I, I went traveling with my son, just myself and him when he was three months old and I've been doing road trips since then. And what I've learned along the way is you need to have a bit of a plan, but you need to be willing to drop that plan at any moment. So you need to be flexible basically. And if, you know, your child needs to get out of the car, go and find a truck stop and throw out a picnic rug and let them play, especially if they're still crawling, they're not walking yet. Uh, and then, you know, go and find a playground somewhere and really break up your drive because, I mean, you're going to want to get out of the car too. And, and sometimes driving can get pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we all need a break from the car. But I, I definitely find that, you know, playgrounds are a huge one. And, you know, I think we've been on the road now for 53 days and we've been to 30 playgrounds. Wow. So we kind of keep it, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. But, you know, even half an hour at a playground will make a huge difference. Uh, and as I said, if there's no playground, go to a truck stop or a local reserve or something like that. The other thing, actually, that I thought uh, listeners might be interested in, we've just discovered audiobooks for children. Oh, they're the best, aren't they? <laughs> they're fabulous, fabulous. And my son requests that every time uh, we hop in the car and we make him wait sometimes so we don't have to listen to the same book over and over. But it's a huge thing that he absolutely loves and uh, I'll definitely be looking into getting some more of those. Um, and just so, uh, something that just came up for me when you're talking about stopping at different places and giving the kids a break, uh, have you had to deal with late arrivals? Because as any parent knows, especially at two and a half years of age, there is a kind of time of day where you don't want to have to be dealing with anything but shoveling food into their mouth. Um, <laughs> have you had to? Have you ever had those moments where you have broken up the trip and then that's pushed it out and you've got to your campsite and they're having a meltdown and you're thinking, what am I doing? You know what? It actually hasn't happened recently. I think because... I learned that very early on. The first trip that I was telling you about before when my son was three, uh, three months old, that was up to Byron Bay and that was real witching hour time. 
And, you know, we learnt very early on not to be driving at five o'clock. <laughs> it's just a massive no-no. And from that trip and a couple of sort of others that followed, it's, uh, I've learnt very quickly to just, you know, make sure we just get somewhere. And, you know, if you do find that something's held you up, whether it's roadworks or, you know, a stop that you hadn't planned for, I think just making sure that maybe embracing those stops and then saying, okay, well, why don't we stop here? We'll get some dinner somewhere. We'll get them out of the car and then hit the road again. So, you know, whether they fall asleep in the car or you, you end up hitting the road at seven o'clock at night, um, just so they've had, you've kind of made it through that witching hour, I think would make a big difference. And um, in terms of food, um, when they're under five, well, I mean, probably up until about three years of age, sometimes you really do have to get them something different to what you eat. I mean, how's your son? Is he a fussy eater? And how do you go feeding him when you're away from home like that? Yes, I think I am very fortunate. He's not fussy at all. I'm probably more fussy than he is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So right from the start, we've actually fed him what we eat. So, and, and it was kind of in preparation for traveling a lot. Uh, so, you know, last night he happily ate cauliflower and broccoli soup, which sounds horrible, but was wow. really delicious. Uh, yeah, and, you know, he'll eat, uh, in Tasmania, he ate wallaby burritos. You know, we hadn't eaten wallaby before. We didn't even know you could get it. Wow. But he was happy to eat it. He knew what it was. Um, he'll have kangaroo steak. So there's, he's, he's pretty good. Occasionally he'll, he'll obviously ask for a honey sandwich or something like that, um, which we give him. But yeah, he's not fussy at all. And I think when it comes to traveling, I've actually got a, um, a snack box in the car. So, you know, we all get, when we get bored, we get hungry. So he's exactly the same. And he'll often ask for for snacks. So what I do is I'll just have some dried fruit in that or I'll have some uh, savoury biscuits, a bunch of bananas, things like that. And, And that's what he'll have in the car if he's hungry. So it's sort of, when you're camping, you're really restricted with one with space, but also just with with cost as well. You can't, and convenience, you can't just go out and grab anything. So sort of instilling this, you have to eat what we've got attitude, (laughs) Um, you know, which is hard when you're only doing the odd trip here and there. Um, But it's really important that you try and get them to understand that, well, I'm sorry, we've run out of honey. You're not having honey today. <laughs> you know, those sorts of things. You go, you're having a tuna wrap and that's, that's what's on offer. So, oh, um, you know, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I do think I am fortunate. And um, look, just to wrap up, what, what's your trip been like so far? It's been wonderful. Really, really wonderful. The first, I think we're into our week seven now, or week eight. And the first couple of weeks take a little bit of getting used to. Um, you still feel like you're on a holiday, but then your roles are changing as well. So I'm working from the road and my husband has become the full-time carer. And, you know, juggling those differences and those changes has been hard. Uh, But then you get into the swing of things as well and moving around every few days. And, you know, I think it would be nice if we slowed down a little bit. So, for instance, we're on Kangaroo Island now for a week, which has been really lovely because we're at one caravan park. We don't have to hit the road every single day. Uh, And making, uh, you know, making sure that you have those little breaks is really important. But, yeah, the trip's been fabulous and it's been a dream of ours for quite some time. So I'm really excited that we're on it. Well, I think we'll have to check back in with you at some point in your year. Jennifer, thank you so much for speaking with us. Yeah, thank you, Siobhan.
That's Jennifer Enyan. She's a travel and lifestyle writer with Caravan and Camping with Kids. Hey there. Do you love Kindling Conversation? Make your voice heard and vote for it at the Australian Podcast Awards. Head to kindling.com.au slash vote. But do it soon, because voting closes April 1st. (laughs) 